0: This episode of the Fast Brackets Podcast is presented by timeslipcharts.com, mobile-friendly logbook and analysis. You can quickly enter, view, and analyze your runs from your phone or PC. Think about that. From your phone in the lanes, you can analyze your data. You can analyze your season. You can recognize your trends. And you can catch your weaknesses quickly using timeslipcharts.com. It is a cloud based logbook that you can use anytime to track your logs, get advanced stats, and use those analytics to improve your performance. Ooh. Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. I am your host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys, girls, this is episode 29. We are in the first week of November. I have to apologize for putting this thing up on jacks last week rolling into the shop and shutting it down last week. But uh, we are back on track this week and ready to roll. As you guys know, we had a ladies episode last time. That was an absolute hit. Um, And uh, most importantly, uh, we raised some awareness for breast cancer. That was very importantly. And for the most part, you guys kept it off the limiter. Um, I didn't get any of the uh, hey, Rex, I've been doing my part to check for cancerous lumps, <laughs> all that. Uh, so that was really good. Nice work there. I did get one incredibly inappropriate message asking me to play doctor. Um, <clears throat> I politely reminded her that she needs to seek a medical professional for that specifically requested procedure. But going forward, I'm going to allow those to continue. Um, So, just uh, for the record, I will allow that. Um, Okay, let's see. Um, Also, um, I told you that I would assist in making some Halloween decisions. I hope that helped. Um, You know, I hope you guys had an absolute blast at Halloween. One of the very few. Uh, holidays that is still specifically reserved for adults to have a lot of fun. So, nicely done. Um, And also, we've gained a few listeners here in the last several weeks. So, just – for the record, just to guys get you caught up, you may want to go back. If you've just started listening, if you just tuned in, you may want to go back um, and listen to some of the past episodes that really get you into the rhythm here at the Fast Brackets Podcast, into Fast Brackets Nation. Um, and that was really the genius behind the podcast. You can go listen to it at your convenience. Um, but if you're new... You do need to get uh, caught up on a couple of episodes so you can get in and understand the vibe we're throwing down here at Fast Brackets Nation. The first one is probably episode number nine. That gets you clued into Gloria and all that that is and means to the show. Uh, Episode number 15, uh, we talk about the greatest movie of all time, especially when it comes to bracket racing, and that is top gun, so uh, put your aviators on and listen to number episode number 15, and then just a random third one just to get you in vibe. That's usually what it takes. It usually takes three episodes, and then you are hooked into the nation. Um, all right, uh, we have got a couple of great guests this week. Um, first of all, Kimberly Messer is going to be on. She's going to talk about her PDRA top dragster championship this season, and then we're also going to talk to Jacob Murphy from timeslipcharts.com. We're going to learn all about that. I cannot wait to get to them, so let's do it. And uh, you get to doing whatever it is that you do while you listen to the show. Change the oil, clean the shop, make your commute, or load into the rig at the track. Um, But get your helmet on, get strapped in, because here we go. All right, let's make a pass. Let's get them hot. Let's put this thing in the water box and talk about huge news um, and the performance racing industry trade show coming to Indianapolis December 12th through the 14th. Uh, Big, big, big news here for all of Fast Brackets Nation, um, starting with the night before. Um, I'm just going to throw this out here. I did this last year. It was a big hit. It made a lot of sense, but uh, we're going to do it again this year, and I'm going to spread this thing out to all the nation. So, If you are going to be in Indianapolis for the PRI show or you're around the area the night before on that Wednesday, Don Schumacher Racing does a bowl-a-thon. They do a bowling for Riley event. It's a uh, um, the Wednesday night before, Riley Children's Hospital here in Indianapolis is one of the greatest children's hospitals in all of the country. Um, it's, it's one of the best places on the planet, really. I mean, it, it has highly skilled docs and nurses. They're there to help sick kids, which if you've ever had a sick kid and you didn't know how to help them, then you know how that feels. And these docs and nurses are the best of the best, and they help um, incredibly sick kids there um, from all around the state and the Midwest. Um, I've had some firsthand experience with this. Uh, one of the kids that I coached uh, came down with something that I can't even pronounce, um, and it was I was just very lucky that I was able to visit with him after they figured it out because it scared me to death, uh, quite frankly. Um, but in order to raise a little bit money for that great cause um, Don Schumacher does a bowl-a-thon. Um, all of the DSR pilots are there it's a great cause and then and then there's a you know an auction and uh, with some really cool items and a bar etc and so we have just have a great time so I'd, I'd love to invite uh, everyone out to do. Uh, that the Bowling for Riley event on Wednesday, December 11th. It's from 6.30 to 10.30. It's on the west side of Indy. It's at the Royal Pin Western Bowl. I will get information out via the, the Facebook page and the Twitter page. So check that um, for details, and then let me know if you want to get in with that. Uh, I'd love to have a really big Fast Brackets Nation team for that. Uh, so just let me know. Um, it's $50 per person. Tickets are going extremely fast. I'm not going to be paying for everyone there, but uh, I think we could all get together, have a really good time, and uh, and you, you know really make some money for a great cause. Uh, secondly, um, there will be a live show at PRI. Um, Renegade Fuels has stepped up, and uh, while we're still working out some of the details on exactly when it'll be and, and who the guests will will be you can book it Um, it will be a fun time so make plans to get by the renegade booth um, at the time that we designate for a live show Um, last uh, when we did it over the US Nationals it was a bunch of fun it was a good time and uh, very very informative so excited to do that and there will be more details to follow on both the Facebook page and the Twitter account and then more on this show as we get closer to PRI
1: (laughs) All right, let's put it in the beams, presented by ThisIsBracketRacing.com. On the line with us now is a woman who won two Junior Dragster Track Championships in one year. She's a woman who just became the youngest Top Dragster Series champion ever. She is your PDRA Top Dragster World Champ. Welcome to the show from Forbes, North Carolina, Kimberly Messer. Kim, how are you today?
2: i'm good how are you
1: i am excellent thanks for coming on um hey you are now the world (laughs) champ um but uh you didn't start that way why don't you take us back and tell us about how you got started in the sport
2: yeah so um my dad he used to mud race and he just really grew up racing his whole life and then it just became a domino effect he knew some friends that were already into drag racing And Galat Motorsports Park is so close to where I live, so me and dad would just kind of go over to Gallaud, watch the cars whenever I was younger. And one day, he just kind of asked me, like, hey, do you want a junior dragster? And I was like, well, yeah, of course. uh, (laughs) He bought me my first junior when I was 10 years old, and I just remember having so much fun and really enjoying it.
1: Yeah, that's that's awesome. And he probably um, was tired of uh, hosing down the cars. every Oh yeah, uh, definitely. Every weekend.
2: <laughs> definitely.
1: Um, yeah, and then you had a nice run on the on the junior circuit as well. Um, tell us a little bit about that.
2: Um. Yeah. I I had a great racing career in my junior. I had a lot of experience just over the years, and you know, constantly getting better and. You know, some days I do miss it and you know, I actually did um go out um a couple of months ago and win an alumni race in <laughs> a junior at Darlington Dragway and it was just oh, so much fun. Yeah, being back in a junior and, you know, making those memories. But I can't complain with the years I've had in racing. I I've just I think it really came from me enjoying it and um, just doing the best we could.
1: Yeah, so um at some point though you said, Hey, let's let's get to the big car. When, when was <laughs> all that? When did that decision happen?
2: Um, I actually whenever I turned sixteen, I really just wanted to get into a dragster, like a big dragster and dad kinda of talked me out of it and he said, You have two more years in a in a junior and you're doing so well, you know, don't give that up, you know, how have fun in a junior while you can, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to have that for long. So I continued to just, you know, have fun my junior for um, another two years. And then finally I aged out and got my new race tech and it just went from there.
1: So when did you get this, this new car?
2: Um, I got it over the winter and um, we actually found it through one of our buddies and um he just informed us how good of a car it was and we had to go pick it up
1: yeah so just for our listeners sake tell everybody how old you are kim
2: <laughs> i'm 19 years old
1: so just for everybody doing the math uh she picked up this new car um over the winter and then promptly goes out and just rolls everyone <laughs> um this year i mean you and in fact you you had such a, a nice series this year that uh, you had had it wrapped up before the final event. I mean, very very impressive on your part, um, and no small part um, based on the car. So tell us a little bit about that ride.
2: Um, I have a twenty sixteen Race Tech, um, actually built by our good friends Russ and Kellen Farmer. Uh, we really did meet them through PDRA and this past year they've been so helpful. You know, throughout this past racing season and Just supply us with one of the baddest race cars out there, and um, they're just great chassis builders and just overall great people as well. Uh, I couldn't ask for a better car, and um, I do have a 598 car motor on it as well, and it's hands down one of the most consistent motors I've had.
1: Yeah, uh, you've you've got good stuff for sure. Um, Kellen, of course, was our our very first guest um, on In the Beam, so uh, uh, that makes perfect, perfect sense. (laughs) Um, well tell us a little bit about your season then. I mean you did you plan on running the whole season and and some, trying to win this thing right from the get or how did that go?
2: We actually we ran Peter a whenever I was in a junior and whenever I got the dragster we kinda just started the first event was at Galat. So we ran in top dragster and I'm just like, Hey, let's just see just, let's just see how it goes and I ended I ended up running up at Galat and um so we didn't really plan on running, you know, at South Georgia or Ohio, but once, you know, we ran those couple of events, you know, we noticed that, hey, you know, I'm doing so well, why not just shoot for it? So that's that's just how it all started. And we didn't have plans to run for the championship. It just kind of fell into our lap. Yeah, that's uh,
1: somehow, sometimes how it works out, right? You get to a that's certain right. point and just say well we gotta go out
2: <laughs> that's exactly how <laughs> it just it came about for us
1: well i'm i'm guessing uh you didn't uh, do that all on your own uh, um did you have uh some help here along a uh, little bit during the season kim
2: oh definitely um my dad he um, he sacrifices everything for me and just puts in all the work and effort and and takes me pretty much anywhere that we want to go and we just have such a great time and I do have a couple of sponsors that have helped me tremendously. Uh, Lucas soul has been with me for about two years now and just continues to supply me with great products. Um, another sponsor that I definitely wouldn't be where I am today is uh, Les Trafford. He owns Seto in New York and he's like family to us and just enjoys seeing me raise and um, I do have a couple other sponsors, um, Sullivan's Towing, he he bought me a new set of Mickey Thompson's um, for the racing season. And then Smithfield's Chicken and Barbecue, which is a, a local restaurant where I live. Um, Dave Harris, the owner, just one of our good friends, has been on board for a couple of years now.
1: Is that close to the track? Is that close to Glock? Because that seems like someplace I should be.
2: <laughs> yes, it is.
1: I like it. Well, uh, I'm definitely <laughs> going to hit that up when I get out there. You way. should. For sure. <laughs> For sure. Um, well, you won. Can you won the um, the top dragster championship? But B D R A does what I think is uh, really, really smart in that they break it up into the elite group and then to, quote, unquote, the regular group. Um, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about the division uh, within Top Dragster? Is that, that good? Um, that fun? How do, you, how do you like that?
2: I really think Peter A. did a great job with um, structuring the Top Dragster class and just having an Elite 16 as well as a 32 car field. Um, I think it definitely benefits all of the Top Dragster racers and it just allows for better racing. Now, I know I believe the split is it's beneficial because it's it's difficult for a 460 dragster, you know, to race a 360 dragster and vice versa.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that and and I would also think that uh those two folks probably don't want to race each other if they don't have to.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: There's there's a reason why
2: um,
1: you know, pro mod guys don't put on uh, 275s and 275 guys don't put on big slicks. So That's right mean me, that makes a lot of sense. And I think, um, now I don't want to put words in your mouth, but uh, you've won at this level. So at some point, does that mean you, you want to try to compete at the elite level then as well?
2: Well, definitely. I mean, we don't have a big affiliate funding us. You know, it's definitely just my dad's hard-earned money. And we would love to run with elite someday, but we're just taking it one step at a time and just, Hoping to have an even better like ne- year with the 2020 racing season, and I'm just looking forward to what's in store for me.
1: Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. Um, we'll talk a little bit about what you do when you aren't racing.
2: So when I'm not racing, which is pretty much every weekend, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a full-time student at the University of North Carolina, Wilmington. Um, I'm studying recreational therapy. And then I will be going to occupational therapy school and um, just following that path.
1: Do the Seahawks have a, a really strong occupational therapy program?
2: Um, they do not. I will have to go to a, a different college for it, but they are a very good school for steps up into occupational therapy.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um so uh you've uh, you'll finish up this semester and then um and then what does next year look like for you and United you and Ad and your team?
2: Well, we're definitely just um gonna go out there and have fun and we probably won't have any big changes for next year. Um but we we will be running with Peter A next year, so I'll definitely have my, my work cut out for me trying to defend the title. So
1: Yeah, no doubt you'll uh, <laughs> You will have, um, you know, you will have people hunting you down. You know
2: that, don't you? I know that.
1: (laughs) Well, that is awesome. Uh, Thanks so much for coming on, Kim. Uh, You were fantastic. Congrats on winning the championship this year. And uh, best of luck to you next year. Guys, girls, that was the champ, Kimberly Messer.
2: Thank you all for having me. I had so much fun.
0: Today's half-track report is brought to you by DragRaceLawyer.com. It's brought to you, like it always is, by Ed Harney at DragRaceLawyer.com. You do not need to call Alan Shore or Jackie Childs. You need to call Ed at DragRaceLawyer.com because you are a drag racer, and so is he. If you need him, hit him up at DragRaceLawyer.com. All right, let's get to it. There are no events this week. It is very sad. That That's exactly right, Rob. It's been seven hours and 15 days. Nicely done. And it's incredibly sad that uh, it's it's sad like a chick that shaves her head, puts on a bed sheet, and steals print songs. That's exactly how sad this is. All right. Well, don't ever play that again. But uh, nicely done. You're... You're on double secret probation now, Rob, for for that little maneuver. Um, <clears throat> all right, uh, let's spend a little bit of time recapping the national champions that have been crowned up to this point. Jeez, Rob, uh, credit where credit due is due. These people have earned their championships. Um, let's start with the Midwest Pro Mod Series. Um, first off, the Outlaw Top Sportsman Champion, Earl Falls. Came in here early, uh, did not call his shot, but uh, but really started hot and then continued that run and earns the first ever Midwest Pro Mod Series Championship in Outlaw Top Sportsman. Uh Bob Glitti made it interesting. Uh, but uh Earl's hot early and then never relinquished the lead. So congrats to my man, Earl False. Um, on the outlaw top dragster side. Dan Phelps gets the championship there, the first ever. Nicely done, and um, right behind him was who else but Danny Nelson. I mean, Danny has had a fantastic season, uh, winning the national championship on the NHRA side, and then and then also getting it done almost on the Midwest Pro Mod series. So, congrats to everyone who came out for the inaugural. Uh, Midwest Pro Mod Series in both Outlaw Top Sportsman and Outlaw Top Dragster. Uh, On the PDRA side, uh, the elite top sportsman champion was Scott Moore. Now, Tim Mulner, Randy Perkinson, and Erica Coleman uh, gave good chase there, but Scott Moore is your elite top sportsman champion. Uh, On the elite top dragster side, Kellen Farmer, bam, gets the first one and stays at it like he had some incredible ups and downs. We're going to have to get him back on and talk about his season, Uh, but nicely done. Kellen, uh, Brian Bedner, Nick Hamilton, and Jody Stroud made him do work, but uh, Kellen Farmer gets the win in Elite. Top dragster. He's your champ there. Now, PDRA, and again, I've said this, but PDRA, I think, has it right in having the elite top sportsman and then a what they would call the regular top sportsman. And um, on the PDRA, regular top sportsman side, your winner is Chris Nigers. Congrats to him. Glenn Teets, the third, Chad Tilly, Jeff Pittman, and Buddy Perkinson all were very, very close in the top five, uh, but Congrats to Chris Niger's and my guess is with his new setup, he's going to be looking to move up to the elite side, but, uh, we'll see uh, heck of a season from Chris on the tap top dragster side. Then your champion was Kimberly Messer. I mean, she ran away with it. You heard her earlier and, uh, congrats to her. Now, Stephen bone, Mandy Teetseal, seal and Jared Kissinger, uh, will regroup and I'm sure give her a run at it next year. But, uh, But Kimberly was fantastic this year. Now, on the NHRA side, your top dragster champion, Danny Nelson, we know he had his masterful effort and historic run. Um, You know, he might have been upset with me that I went on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke Bogaki earlier this year, and I didn't even have him as a contender for the national championship, and then he he went to work. So, um, if, uh, you know, that was part of the motivation, nicely done, uh, Danny, but, uh, yeah, he was not really in the conversation until he just went on that super hot streak and got himself right back. And, and now, uh, doesn't even have to run in Vegas to win the whole thing. So congrats. Um, I don't think we're going to see anything quite like this, um, ever again. I mean, The only thing he didn't do this year was put his name on the first-ever U.S. Nationals wally. Um, Everything else, Danny Nelson cleaned up this year and just a historic run, nicely done. Um, And Jeff Strickland was right there. He gave a great effort. Of course, he got no help from Brooke Warren Foley, as we heard on the show um, a couple weeks ago. But, uh, Jeff, nicely done. In most other years, you would be the champion. Now, on the top sportsman side for the NHRA national champion, Ship, we have Sandy Wilkins sitting in the top spot with 600 points. So typically that is the benchmark. If you hit 600, you are the champ. Um, Alan Firestone is sitting second at 545 points. And then Doug Crumlich, my man, is sitting there at 543, has one more race to claim and is going to Vegas. So he has to win the whole thing. Um, he cannot lose in the final. He cannot lose in the semifinal. He has to win the 64-car event in Vegas to win the national championship. Um, he controls his own destiny. Um, he is, to that end, um, I understand, built new lucky headers for the car so that as he goes to Vegas – he has a little bit of luck. Those things are all shined up. And, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see um, how how Doug goes. We're uh, certainly wishing him luck. Um, would like to make it exciting. And I cannot wait uh, to check out my first Vegas divisional ever. Um, and we'll see. Um, if you want to understand a little bit more about Doug Crumlich and see, to uh, learn more about him as he makes this. Final push for the national championship. Check out episode number fourteen. Uh, Doug was fantastic on that one. All right, uh, so um, we will. When we come back next week, we will cover the Vegas event, um, and then we will talk about all the NHRA division event winners on the half track report. Whoa! Let's get out of the groove and talk about the million, the million bracket race. Um, it David Triplett gets the win. I mean, congrats to David Triplett. He is a two-time winner. So think about that. Um, and then he's he's also lost in the final one time. So two-time event winner with one runner-up. Pretty impressive. Um, out of Dave Triplett. Uh, he's got a Vega. He's dialed 574 in the final. He is 11 on the tree, 74 uh, 2, so dead to 13 pack for the win in his nice little door car that I believe he's been running for about 20 years there. Um, really, really impressive. Um, and I know they, they struggled a little bit with the weather but the winner took home $250,000. So nicely done to David Triplett. Um, And, you know, there's more and more of these big dollar bracket races coming next year. It just gets me thinking, gets me thinking, should there be a big money top dragster and top sportsman event? Um, You know, and I'm not talking about um, and, you know, talking about something that kind of moves the needle. I'm talking about something that really moves the needle. Like, racing for a hundred thousand dollars to win racing for 50 racing for 250 somewhere in that range with our top dragster and top uh, sportsman cars so great stuff from david triplet um, i would not want to be lining up next to him uh, but uh, does get me thinking and i'd be curious about your thoughts let me know on the facebook or the twitter page
1: all right As we hit the mile per hour cone now, we've got with us today the owner proprietor of TimeslipCharts.com, Jacob Murphy. Jacob, how are you today? Good for you. Excellent, man. Excellent, man. Hey, uh, you've got a really neat thing going here with TimeslipCharts.com, but why don't you take us back and talk to us a little bit about your racing background? Because I know you've uh, raced extensively.
3: Yeah, uh, like a lot of people of my generation, I started juniors when I was eight years old. Uh, this was 1995, and I'll do the math for you. That makes me 32 uh, right now. Um, so over 20-something years now. Um, won a junior championship back then, a lot of top three finishes. Um, when I got out of that, I started school. I slowed down quite a bit. I raced somebody else's car briefly, but that's um, actually a pain, and I don't, I don't uh, we got our own car, and I'm I'm not like a lot of your listeners. I've never raced at a at a Lucas Oil event. It's always been local stuff for me. Um, but I've been able to pick the, the Barracuda that I run. I won two championships. Um, I had a chassis and superglass car for a bit, but I didn't like it. Ended up selling it. Went back and in 2018. Uh, I was able to take advantage of the way the points were tallied, and I won Pro and Sportsman ET uh at any foot braking my like car and uh now that we just finished up our first year in junior dragsters uh with my son which is a, a ton of fun so it's kind of come full circle for me now
1: oh so you're you're already into the the junior dragster stuff that's
3: right yeah with the car i ran believe it or not so i was able to buy it back which was a ton of fun
1: ah very cool very cool stuff yeah. Um, so you've done a lot of bracket racing, obviously now doing the junior stuff as well. So how did you get the idea for timeslipcharts.com? dot com?
3: I do love drag racing, but I'm also a huge fan of F one and IndyCar, open sort of stuff. And uh some friends of mine started an online amateur racing team, right? And you know, everybody kinda of knows the eSports thing is getting really big. I mean, these tournaments are for millions of dollars. Well, they asked me, I became one of their pre-race engineers, and I was using this practice session data. I was using math, extracting the tire wear and fuel load variables, and then I was able to use more math and find the best and quickest pit strategies pre-race for each driver, right? And so fast forward a couple years, and last winter I'm having a few conversations with people, and I'm thinking back to my time uh, in my mid-20s, when I was doing this stuff online, just kind of for fun, and I was like, why Why can't this be for drag racing? Like, this technology has been used for years in Open Wheel, and these guys are very serious. H- how can I bring this out um, so quickly? You put together something, um, uh, a program in February where you put in your time clips, and it would bring out about 90 points of information, parts so of this other sort of stuff and been working nonstop ever since well that's
1: really interesting and i mean if you think about it drag racing has more data at least repeatable data right circle track you could have made a a wide pass that time and it maybe doesn't quite line up but drag racing seems like it has more repeatable data than almost any other sport out there
3: it's certainly unique, but I think there's still a lot of parallels and I think we can learn a lot from from what they've already kind of done.
1: Yeah. No, that makes sense. Well, um, in addition to that, Jacob, um certainly there are um a lot of logbooks out there. I mean, uh, data logging is is not uh, unique to drag racing, uh but but what is unique about time slip charts that maybe puts people uh is a little bit different than what we're used to in terms of just a general uh, logbook.
3: Yeah, the, the programs out there now are are really really good at what they do, right? Using a trailer weather station to predict your next run, um, but in talking to a lot of people, past that, I, I'm I'm hearing that they don't get much value out of it. And I know you're a basketball guy. Most every professional team out there has a data scientist or a data team working for them, right? You've seen Moneyball. You know the story of the Houston Rockets. You know these guys who are bringing in uh, analysts to look at this information and take them to the next level, right? And that's what I'm trying to bring. I think data is the next big thing we can bring to drag racing. So right, right, what we can do, we can take an exported CSV file from one of these logbook programs, you can those yourself if you want. I can turn it into a season report for under 50 bucks, right? And actually, for your readers, if you want to put in fast brackets for 10% off of that report, you guys can do that, right, just for, just for your listeners. So into the future, though, what makes it even more unique is that we're the first cloud-based data analytics platform for pricing, which nobody else has done. So you can enter and view on your laptop in the trailer and then pull out your phone and see it all in the lanes as well. That's kind of where we're headed.
1: Jacob, there's a lot to impact on that statement. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna break this thing down just a little bit. First of all, you are absolutely cor- correct about data um coming for all sports in, in every way, shape, or form. I have a friend that uh breaks down field goal percentages for every square foot of the basketball court for each player um, in the NBA. And, you know, that, that is very significant for those guys. Uh, same thing with major league baseball players. So you're dead on with a zero in terms of, um, you know, how much data is going to help us in the future. Secondly, um, that's, that's news to me, but thank you. Our, uh, fast brackets nation just got a little discount there. I appreciate you throwing that out. Um, and then that's, that's huge, right? Having to, the cloud-based um application so that you can do it um wherever whenever i mean that's a big deal right
3: i think so and absolutely like i said the future where you know we're building this on amazon's top, top of the line servers so that everything is lightning fast right when you want it you put it in on your laptop and you look at your phone it's already there and you can take it to the lanes, and you're getting this information. If you need it, you need to glance back through it. We want this to be the easiest, smartest logbook in the world.
2: Yeah,
1: well, it, and our Fast bracket listeners know that uh, you gave me some information um, a couple weeks ago just on, based on average reaction times and, and uh uh, different packages and things like that, just because I thought it was interesting from a, a standpoint about how good everyone is um, at this game at this point in time. But but you can do all kinds of custom data uh, collection sets. Is that right?
3: Um, pretty much whatever you put in, um, we're looking to just take. You know, first you can get descriptive statistics. You can get the basics, kind of like what what you were interested in, what you shared with the with the listeners. Um, but there's definitely that stuff that um, you, you can use this data two and three levels down. That's kind of the goal. Like, for instance, in basketball, you can quantify which players are a good shooter but take bad shots. Yep. Or some shooters are bad shooters but they take good shots, right? And that's what we're trying to do. Are you taking good or bad shots? And what do they look like? What's the outcome? How do your lights compare to your competition in the class as a whole, right? Yeah. Have you been slumping recently? You can kind of see a player trail off towards the end of the season. Same for us. Do we trail off at the end of the season? And uh, cool things like what happens if the if you know win percentage is 80? You've got 80% win percentage and, and winning first off the line. And now you know your median reaction time is roughly the same as the class average well, that's not very good. You know that you have room to improve. What happens if you routinely take five out of your box? How would that change your red light percentage? And is a trade-off worth it when you know just how good you are when you're first stuff the line, right? Yeah. Do you need to work because you can, you always lose double breakouts? Do you follow other racers through by less than a hundred or two, right? And, Everybody can figure this stuff out on their own. Like right now, you can go into your logbook, you can make something in Excel, and you can figure all stuff out. But for us, when this stuff can be done, the instant you put it in, that's what we're after. We're looking to take that emotion out of the competition and use the data um see how we're performing, how our car is performing in the races. When we win, then we lose. I mean, sometimes we win with races that we shouldn't win, right? And we lose races that we should win. So that win percent and the points tally doesn't always tell a little story. So that's the other thing we're looking uh, to, the way we can use this data.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. It, that, that makes sense. And I, just, I think the thought process is um, the really good competitors are always looking for another advantage and always digging a little deeper um, for data, so that they can find the, that competitive advantage. And it feels like this is the next level in data book management. Does that sound right to you?
3: That's what we're going for.
1: Yeah. Um, well, you said that this is on the top level uh, cloud um, software, and I don't have any idea what that means, but I'm going to trust you on that stuff. Um, what, uh, what kind of the next next thing that you guys are working on um for this right now
3: well right now the app and the database are being built and it's taking a while because being literally the first time this has ever been done for drag racing uh on that best technology out there it it takes a while to build it from scratch you know uh, building a really good program like building a really really good car from the ground up i mean it just takes time when you put the love in right um hopefully soon we can we can take our sponsored users, users that pre-ordered, um let's let start using it and telling telling us what they think. Um after we know that it's stable, we can put in the, the descriptive statistics I talked about, starting to put in the visualizations, making it more mobile friendly, faster and easier to use. And um a lot of the, a lot of the features, the first time features that that I kind of, like, can't talk about right now that no one's ever done or probably ever even thought about. Um, I'm looking to change bracket racing as we well. and all these things I definitely want to talk about, but with time, um, I definitely do want to talk about it. So um, yeah. if, you're, if, you're, or if your listeners want to keep tabs, um, I'll be posting blog posts soon, and I also send out emails occasionally about how it's going and what I'm thinking and the data I'm finding. Um, it's kind of like what's on our Facebook page. If if you go take a peek at that, that's just a little more in depth.
1: Yeah, is that the best way for our listeners to follow you and then uh, maybe get involved? Um, is is just the Facebook page, or what's the best way for our listeners to uh, just really uh, know exactly what the next step in TimeslipCharts dot com is?
3: Uh, if they want to just work, of course they can read the, the Facebook page. If they want to like the Facebook page, it's just um just search for time starts. Um I do post little tidbits there occasionally that I find as I sift through different data and of course the the emails that are maybe that just a little more in depth like I mentioned and you know, you can reply to any of those and talk to me if you have any ideas. Like, I definitely want to hear from racers because, you know, I have my own ideas. Of course, I've been racing my entire life. I've been around it my entire life. But your listeners are on a different level than I've ever been. So these are the kinds of things that I want to hear about. Like, if if you're listening right now and you're like, oh, he really should do this, you need to email me right now, jacob at timeslipcharts.com. Tell me what it is I want to hear from you.
2: Yeah, that's
1: very cool. Um, The chance to get in on the ground floor on what I think is going to be revolutionary. I mean, it, I'm fascinated with the data of it. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, earlier, you know, Moneyball and, and what uh, Billy Bean did, you know, for the Oakland A's and that type of stuff. And I've said for years with uh, sporting events, a lot of it is a battle of attrition and this type of thing allows you to, to be on the positive side of that so that, to me it's very very cool with that stuff um well thank you for for filling us in with that um just on a personal note what what's next for you racing wise
3: um well i i told you i did win two classes at the same time um which i justin lamb did that so maybe i'm i'm roughly at his level no um but it was a big deal for me, right? A big yeah, deal for me. Winning is awesome. Was good, but yeah. but I will say, <laughs> I did start racing with my son, right? In the junior program, I, I think I mentioned that. Um, that was so much fun. Like getting started and like that was that was just so much fun. So um, definitely looking forward to continuing that next season and kind of stepping back a little bit myself so I can focus on his deal and of course um, time slip charts and you know after next even uh my daughter will be five so maybe we'll be getting her car and four short years after that our other daughter will be five so um assuming they all want to drive i i guess hands will be pretty full uh keeping them all operational but i'm i'm definitely looking forward to it
1: feels like you're going to need uh another set of hands getting three juniors to the lanes <laughs>
3: we'll figure it out <laughs>
1: Uh, guys, girls, that was Jacob Murphy at timeslipcharts.com if you need him.
0: Okay. Let's bring it back in and take the stripe guys, girls. That is the show. It is time to pull the shoots on episode number 29. There it is. Look up. We got the wind light once again. That is nice. Nice. Um, thank you so much to our guests for, and there it is, there it is, nicely done, Rob. You're off double secret probation now. Um, hey, thanks so much to our guest, uh, Kim Messer and Jacob Murphy for coming on, they were fantastic. And you know, next week we're going to have more results, uh, points updates, and the champions, and as always, the best drivers in tech talk. Um, Do me a favor, tell all your like-minded Fast Bracket friends out there about the show. You can subscribe on SoundCloud and the iTunes app, that little purple icon thing there. Let's continue to get the word out. Welcome, then, to Fast Brackets Nation, and, uh, you know, just keep it off the limiter. All right, guys, girls, I hope you enjoyed it. Keep the rubber side down and travel safe. This episode of the Fast Brackets Podcast was brought to you by timeslipcharts.com, mobile-friendly logbook and analysis. You can quickly enter, view, and analyze your runs from your phone or PC. You can analyze your season, recognize your trends, and catch your weaknesses quickly. Timeslipcharts.com is a cloud based logbook that you can use anytime to track your logs, get advanced stats, and use those analytics to improve your performance. This episode of the Fast Brackets podcast was brought to you by TimeslipCharts.com, mobile friendly logbook and analysis. You can quickly enter, view, and analyze your runs from your phone or PC. You can analyze your season, recognize your trends, and catch your weaknesses quickly. Timeslipcharts.com is a cloud-based logbook that you can use anytime to track your logs, get advanced stats, and use those analytics to improve your performance. Ooh. Show as always, it was great, Rob. But um, you play Sinead O'Connor again on my show. We're gonna we're gonna have some issues.